Welcome to this week's Gaming. In this episode, we're asking how will this generation of consoles, the PS5 and the Xbox Series XS, which are uh, to be launched in uh, well, just a week's time now in the US, two weeks' time in the UK, how will they change gaming? And more specifically, in what ways would we like them to see change gaming? Um, I'm John Robertson. I'm joined by Stace Harmon, as ever. Um, so, Stace, in general, are you excited for the new consoles? Do you think they've do you think they've come at the right time? Uh, I am excited for the new consoles um, in a in a quite a specific, particular way because I think the thing that I'm most excited initially about is the uh, just the unboxing experience. So that's the thing that I'm looking forward to doing. <laughs> Very YouTube. Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm that, that generation. It's the first console that I'll be unboxing, or the first major console, I guess, I'll be unboxing um, the, since like my kids were born. So that's the thing that I'm, I'm going to kind of introduce them to this idea of here's this mm. new piece of hardware and it's, you know, getting it all out of the box and I'm packing it all and getting it all set up. So I'm excited in the in that kind of new tech kind of way. Um, yeah. I'm not I mean I, I'm not massively excited about the initial kind of crop of games but we'll we'll get to that but in terms of which ties in for me in terms of uh, have they come at the right time I think certainly in terms of the the hardware generation in terms of the length of time it's been since uh, mm. the previous console cycle started and since the the hardware revisions as well um yeah. but yeah in, like there doesn't seem to be a tremendous slate of games ready to to drop on day one so in terms of are they arriving at the, at the right time from that side of things maybe not so much i guess there's kind of economic yeah. realist sort of uh realities of need to get them out before christmas and stuff but um yeah i yeah. wonder how much that would have been different if cyberpunk had launched in november when it was due to launch but mm. now it's been pushed back to december would would that big um that big centerpiece new franchise triple a title would that have changed would that have changed the outlook a little bit was one gate is one big game enough to kind of change the outlook on a on a launch um a launch list a launch I mean, slate I, of games yeah i don't not for me i don't think it is no but not certainly not when it's a game that is also coming to every other conceivable or realistic platform uh, at least you know it's going to be ps4 and xbox one as well it's obviously coming out on pc as well so I would have. I would be interested to see what it, and will be interested to see what it can achieve on on next gen consoles. But it's not. Um, I don't know. I don't get the same feeling or the same buzz from that that I might when, like the N sixty four first launched and there was you know Super <laughs> yeah. Mario sixty four. That kind of felt like a, a this brave new world. So yeah, I would have been interested to see what that, and am interested to see what that's capable of. But not. I don't know if that would have changed the feeling of um, excitement in that sense. But yeah, yeah, I think the Brave New World thing. I, I think, um, I think that I think the consoles do have potential to change a lot. Um, yeah, but yeah, you're right. I yet. don't think. Yeah, just not yet. They, they, it doesn't feel like a Brave New World. And you know, what are the big console exclusives? Like Cyberpunk is also a P, is coming to PC as well, and mm. I'll probably end up buying it on PC. You know, um, once I get a new a new PC or a big fancy new graphics card and whatever, that'll be better than the PS5 um, and, and and the Xbox Series X. Um, so yeah, um, I think they've come. I think they needed to kind of come at this time because the consoles are, even with the upgraded consoles like the PS PS4 Pro and stuff, they are 
compared to what's capable on even kind of like a mid-range gaming PC mm. now, technologically they are very noticeably falling very short. Yeah. Um, from I think from a comparative standpoint they are, but then you know there's a lot of people that won't be you know perhaps won't expose themselves to to seeing that comparison that side by side. They either don't have a PC at home, or they just don't look at. Uh, don't look at those comparisons they're not looking at kind of the games media um yeah, on sure. the pc side so maybe they wouldn't but i think it's definitely fair that you know that it feels like as sony did with the previous generation like the last of us once again is kind of the the sort of the i don't know like the, the pinnacle the kind of the the defining point for from a tech standpoint and from a well from yeah. my point of view at least from a storytelling standpoint for that generation it's a nice kind of it almost marks the end of that generation and then it's like let's move on to the next um so yeah it's yeah there's definitely there's definitely a lot to look forward to perhaps next year and onwards at the moment i'm kind of hoping personally that that excitement of a new new piece of kit and just seeing how everything works and trying out all the different toys with it even you know the, the dual sense controller on the ps5 for example uh will kind of yeah. carry me through christmas and then into next year and yeah there's cyberpunk and then and then the actual games kind of console exclusive games um on the various yeah. platforms coming out next year as well so what do you think of this about this the launch lineup um for for either or or consoles playstation 5 or the xbox um what do you think it is about them that's not really not really that exciting um because well, i have to say i think I think yeah. this is probably the worst launch lineup I've ever seen, <laughs> to be honest. Um, it's either just, it's it's very, very, very predominantly remasters, remakes, re-releases, up, upgraded versions of existing games, or um, just continuations of, mm. of franchises that we've had for, you know, years and years and years now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do remember the PS3 lineup being pretty dire uh and even the ps2 i don't remember there being a lot of choice on ps2 but yes there isn't i think and that's perhaps what's a little bit deceiving or a little bit um kind of can't see the wood for the trees about the ps5 and the xbox series x uh launch lineup is that lots of the games are remasters or even like something like you know miles morales spider-man is is it's a it's certainly a, a new game like no there's no doubt in that but it is in some way it feels like a 1.5 version of yeah, spider-man totally. rather than a it feels like one of those kind of standalone dlc chapters um that we've seen before rather than like a, an entirely brand new sort of floor uh ground up experience so yeah i think that that's for me that's part of what the that slight lack of excitement about the launch lineups is it's that there's a lot of once you take away a lot of the existing things made to look better it's like what else is there and what are the what are the little nuggets and no doubt there is plenty of stuff and people can and will tell us that there, you know there's very specific gems amongst the the noise or you know gems in the rough perhaps but it's yeah there's just not a lot of um I couldn't put my finger on a game and say, yeah, that is a, definitely a must-have for me. Um, beyond something like the Astrobot experience that comes with comes with the PS5, and that's uh, and that's really just as a ultimately a tech demo for you to try out the the DualSense. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I will get Miles Morales mm-hmm. on PS5. 
Um, well, you, you platinumed the the original Spider-Man, right? So yeah, I like the original Spider-Man, yeah. and then I downloaded the DLC and played about 10 minutes of it and decided <laughs> I might never want to play this again. Yeah, I should have um, sailed by that point. Just because I've played so much of it, um, of the main game. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Miles Morales, it, like, I like the character. It's just So the story and the characterization, everything is going to have to be absolutely on point on that game mm. um, in order for it to work. Um, supposedly, you know, the combat's that bit different because, you know, he is a, he's not Peter Parker. He is a different person. So... Mm. Apparently the combat's a bit different, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's going to have to be... It's going to have to... Yeah, it's going to have to offer more than just those same kind of mission structures and stuff. Yeah. Um, again and again. Um, uh, otherwise, I don't know. Otherwise, it, it, it does run the risk of just looking like a... You know, doesn't this look really nice? This is what the PS5 can do in trailers. Yeah. But beyond that, does it really serve a huge purpose? Yeah, it, it, I think, yeah, it does run the risk of being almost like a holdover title. It's like, well, play this whilst you're waiting for Cyberpunk or, and then next year Horizon and God of War and whatever else there may yeah. be on the, on yeah. the horizon. <laughs> no pun intended. So, um, so, looking, so looking beyond this then, looking beyond the launch games, looking, you know, presumably... Uh, well, I say presumably, but we don't know. Like, I, I guess you know how long are these consoles going to last? Seven years? Um, don't know. Like, how mm. in five years and six years and seven years? What? What? Uh, what are we? What are you? What? What? What do we hope is going to change? Evolve, I would expect. Added? Yeah, I mean, I would expect it to follow a broad, to broadly follow the same pattern. That I would, I would well imagine that there will be a hardware revision in the same way that there was um, with this gen. Uh, yeah. You know, part way through, I can imagine that there will be, even if you know, and that's not a new thing, even. But this notion of introducing a more powerful version of an existing console is new. Previously, it's just been kind of. Um, different form factors yeah exactly and making it look better um and that has often been enough to make people buy a new one and say well you know my old one's on the way out or, or get that like wanting the new thing is yeah, yeah. i think people don't need a lot i'm include myself in that don't need a lot to make you upgrade the fact that this time around with um the hardware revisions there was an actual increase in power i'd expect to see that again this generation um mm. And with some of the, I mean, some of the choices that have been made, like, so there is out of the gate, there is now a digital only version of both the consoles. Mm, mm. I'd expect to see, I'd expect this hardware generation to last easily as long as the current one has. I, I don't know. I certainly don't think this is going to be the last hardware generation. I don't think that's going to happen for a long time. Um, mm. I can't see Sony or Microsoft or whoever, what, whatever other contenders there might be in the future google amazon somebody um deciding that you know they're going to drop out of what is currently really only a two-horse race and that's sort of an easy win for their opposition to just then carry on doing what they're doing and and steal a lot of the market share so i think this gen this notion of hardware generations will continue um it may evolve as it has done this time around with the introduction of these digital only consoles from the off but yeah, I think hardware is going to be around for a very, very long time. Um, and yeah, where do you think the PC plays into that? Um, because yeah. with more and more, even Sony games coming to PC now as well. Mm. Eventually, Horizon and um, Bloodborne and stuff. Um, 
you know, is uh, whilst the hardware might be around and there might be new console generations, does uh, and with you know things like Xbox Game Pass and like all the Xbox games coming to Windows as well, um, where do you think that puts? You know, in five years' time or whatever, presumably that's only going to come more common that more console games are going to end up on PC. Mm. Um, so, I wonder how that's going to impact impact um, uh, you know buying buying trends. I suppose. Yeah. Like, well, I think if you're in a five PC years gamer, time, you're probably very happy right now, right? Because uh, finally, if you're if you're one of those people that has stayed with PC gaming throughout the last twenty years, from sort of the inception of Steam onwards, uh, and you were you know playing Half Life back in the day, and even further back than that, if if you've yeah. always played PC and had to endure those, a lot of the you know PC gaming <laughs> endure. It was like, like endure. So what my the finished the final part of that sentence is endure the the kind of ribbing that PC gaming and PC gamers have had from yeah. from sort of the console side of things, where it's like, well, this is just a much cheaper, much um, much more efficient, much easier way for me to play games. And that you know, PC and consoles feel like they are, are getting closer and closer to a convergence point. They're they're getting yeah. closer together rather than further apart, as far as yeah. I can tell. So I can well imagine if you're a PC gamer and you have been, then it's that's just it's just a great time for you because all of a sudden there's lots of of these what were once exclusive titles on console only now opening up also to PC. Um, so it, it certainly makes and for new people coming into the the sort of ecosystem it makes buying what is no doubt going to be a far more expensive pc than it would be to go and buy a new console it's going to make that more viable because at least you're not getting locked out of the various um the various Mm. other ecosystems because you can play these games and cross play hopefully just becomes you know a given uh cross save cross play all of that becomes hopefully a given Um, (laughs) yeah it's not to say that it will um but so, some some like Epic do that really well on the so Rocket League and um, Fortnite, for example. Mm. Um, just the ease at which you just sign into your Epic account on so I play Rocket League on PC, PlayStation, and on Switch. Um, but it's just seamless. Um, mm. You you know you can turn off the PC version and then you know get in bed or whatever and play a couple of games on the switch and it's yeah. just totally seamless and it does kind of spoil you i guess um because it's all so easy and it's like well why can't everyone just yeah. do this um yeah. but i think games developers probably do want that it's it's the platform holders that are the issue um they yeah. don't want you to they don't yeah. want you to they don't want you to be able to play play sony doesn't i guess want you to be able to play Fortnite on an xbox like they want all your mates to buy it on mm. PlayStation mm. Like, and lock you all in, all into that. Um, so I really hope that that changes. Like, I really hope that they kind of see, um, I don't know, the opportunities of opening up those ecosystems, opening up those um, player bases to each other rather than just locking you in. Because yeah. that, that doesn't really serve... Um, I don't think it serves even Sony in the long run. Because if, if, if all the others say... I'm just using PlayStation as an example. If everyone else says, well, we're going to open up to sharing, 
and then Sony says, "Well, we're not." Well, it's mm. like, well, then you're the odd one. You're the one that's not going to get picked over over so, the others. But do you think so? Where do you think that? How does that sit next to the big announcements like Microsoft buying Bethesda for seven and a half billion dollars? Like, is that is that indicative of a move towards that or a move away from it? I mean, that you don't spend that sort of money, I presume, to then say. Yeah, so it's so cool. a PlayStation game. Everybody can, everybody can play everything on on everything, and despite the protestations, yeah. I mean, surely you know you you buy that in order to change the status quo, in order to change the situation. You don't you don't spend that money to to just keep everything as it is. Yeah, yeah, and I think it would be naive to think that Bethesda games are for much longer going to appear on all platforms. I think mm. that would be quite pretty that would be naive to think that that's going to happen um but yeah i mean microsoft and sony as well they've gone on buying sprees of mm. all these cons of all these um developers and so i suppose yeah it is, it is worrying um i think from a player perspective because now yes you're right on the actual um i mean i was really talking about uh sort of online games really with rocket league and Fortnite, but yeah with single player yeah. experiences or well prefers to make online games as well but um if we just talk about you know the core elder scrolls games fallout and uh, the single player versions of those um yeah it is worrying i well i think it's worrying that um it becomes more locked off um but then, I don't know. Like in, in a way, will it create better games? Because this is this is this is the the toss up, I suppose. Like it, it it can potentially lock lock games off to certain player bases. But then, if Bethesda, if Double Fine, if Arcane Studios or whatever have um, the big power, the big safety net of Microsoft around them. Mm. Can they potentially be more experimental? Can they do more interesting stuff? Do they have to worry less about selling, uh, doing the same thing in order so that the games are easy to consume, easy to market, Mm. easy to sell? Mm. Do they have to worry about that as much if they've got this big safety net under them now? Well, yeah, and that's a very, yeah, that's a very fair point because you would hope in an ideal world uh, it would be that they can then make whatever they want to. Somebody like Double Fine is going to make a very different game to somebody like Bethesda, of course, not just because of budgets and team sizes or anything like that, just because of the mentality and philosophy at those studios and what they're setting out to do in the first place. So hopefully with that safety net, as you say, they can just, they can be more of what they are at their core rather than having to appeal to, you know, worry about, I really want to make this kind of game, but it needs to sell this many units. And there's a, there's sliders to be adjusted here. So we have to dial down this perhaps in order to increase market share. And and, and there will still be a certain amount of that. I imagine, you know, Microsoft aren't going to want just loads of experimental games (laughs) that no one can understand. (laughs) Um, so, So there's a limit, but I think this is where game pass comes into it as well. And I think, um, I think one of the things that I'm really interested to see in, say, five years' time is what Game Pass looks like. And I hope it's even more expanded. At the moment, it's it's, the, it's surely the best deal in gaming, Game Pass. Like, it's just mm. absolutely outrageously good. Um, it's such an incredible deal for the price. Um, and so, yeah, so if Microsoft can get more people to buy Xbox Game Pass on console or PC... Um, then they're getting that constant stream of income, that constant stream of revenue. So 
they don't need to worry so much about that that game has to sell this many units that game has to sell that many units that game has to sell many because they're getting their monthly fix of revenue mm. anyway so um the benefit of that is yes again they can be a bit more experimental they can do new and exciting things potentially um but also from the player's side because they're paid up front and they've got access to all this stuff well you might as well be more experimental in what you choose to play like you you might as well just open yourself up to all of these new things like games that you wouldn't necessarily ever want to risk even say 10 pounds on mm. or whatever well you might as well just download it and try it for an hour or two and if you don't like it um that's fine delete it and download something else um so hopefully that will expand tastes which yeah. will then feed into the cycle of more experimentation being better because more of the audience is open is willing to consume more a wider range of stuff to begin with rather than just you know games are expensive so i know i like call of duty i know i like fifa i know i like madden so i'm just going to play those yeah because because it's safe and i you know that's 200 pounds already spent there or whatever so why would i risk spending 200 pounds on games that i might hate yeah i wonder if that though introduces its own like it's idyllic for a while but then it introduces its own market pressures um it introduces its own market pressures because all the stats are then available the analytics are available microsoft's looking at that they're looking at what games are popular on game pass what studios are putting out games that are popular on game pass and potentially ultimately saying well it's it's the equivalent of these games aren't selling well even if you only ever make games for game pass it's the equivalent of you're not your games aren't selling or in this case your games aren't getting a lot of playtime or even you know people just aren't even clicking on them in the first place therefore the design needs to change or something needs to change for you to be for you to yeah uh, live up to your value effectively yeah yeah Um, yeah yeah that's a good point i suppose that's the equivalent of um because Netflix and Amazon do that. Netflix know when you stop watching mm. a show and it knows when everyone stops watching a show. So it can say, right, 30% of the audience checked out at 10 minutes and 31 seconds. Mm. There's therefore something wrong at 10 minutes and 31 seconds or, it, you know, it didn't didn't come the whatever the thing that's building up to that 10 minute point is boring or whatever. So mm. that needs to change. And Amazon do the same thing as well on Kindle. They know exactly where people stop reading and then that influences authors to write differently mm. um so yeah so it becomes there is a risk i suppose yes yeah, so it does become more robotic rather than more creative because you're and you're working already, to the analytics already... rather than to your own creativity yeah and there's already plenty of examples of that in kind of everyday creativity and entertainment because things like a lot of us tv shows have the mid-season break and there will be a mid-season finale and the the writing and the design and the production of that builds up to that finale because and if there wasn't one people would potentially be left feeling underwhelmed because they've been they've been conditioned to experience it in this way so yeah there is there's you know potential aspects of that happening further down the line i mean i you know what what do you think sony are going to do what would you like sony to do on the game pass front is it kind of is it inevitable they have to i think get they've involved? got a great make playstation plus way better yeah i mean because like, their playstation plus the looks is, archaic is PS in the face now, of game right? that's their that's their equivalent at the moment is ps yeah it's a thing that you subscribe to and you can play uh, theoretically any you know not any game at all but many games many uh, games but but they're nowhere near as good as the offering on game no. pass game passes and they're not day got one much newer games much more releases. kind of yeah current games like yeah. you, you know you're getting like day one releases on yeah. game pass 
Um, yeah, I mean, a PlayStation Plus has to be massively improved. I mean, in, in, the, in the face of Game Pass, it looks... Uh, well, it just it looks like a joke, doesn't it? Mm. Like, it's yeah. it's comparatively terrible. And it's comparatively terrible compared to um, even stuff for free on PC. So the Epic Game Store, you get two free games every Thursday. You don't have to pay any mm. monthly subscription, mm. yearly subscription. So, yeah, uh, PlayStation Plus is looking amazing. Well, I'm actually a bit surprised that they haven't announced more about PlayStation Plus um, uh, already yeah. for PS5. Um well, that was. I was wondering that. I was wondering if, it, like, if is that an option? Is it to reference a, a very old uh, niche '80s film? Is the only way for Sony to win to not play and not get involved in the Game Pass thing, and and to actually go in the opposite direction and say, well, do you know what? We are going to make PlayStation Plus free now. I can't see them doing this because that PlayStation Plus membership is, I imagine, quite a significant revenue stream for them so but they could potentially say go in the opposite direction and say well look we're not going to charge you you're still going to get your two free monthly games or whatever it is you know they might up that or whatever or you perhaps you can get access to the last six months worth worth of monthly games or they combine ps now and ps plus in one thing whatever it might be but ultimately it could be we're not going to actually charge you anything like we're the only console that doesn't charge you to play online because even nintendo's doing that now as well so you know i don't think this is a realistic I'd, I'd be surprised future, but it's a it is a potential if you can't compete because sony don't have the resources of microsoft if you can't no. compete with buying up studios and and having them make games for your subscription service maybe yeah. one of the options is just to say well, well i suppose the other side of that free. coin is that yeah play for it i'd be surprised i'd like it um i suppose the other side of that coin and mike's up buying it sony already bought a lot of studios <laughs> sony already yeah. have a lot of first party studios um so they Microsoft do. is kind of catching up in that regard yeah they just don't make the headlines in the way that microsoft does because they don't you know the the sums of money involved don't hit the headlines i suppose because they're not the studios aren't as high profile perhaps or aren't as uh it's not yeah. as significant a windfall um so on the other side, then, on, on if we just um, if we just finish up by just talking about games themselves for a bit, like what mm. do you? Like we've said that the the launch lineup isn't really that attractive until perhaps um, Cyberpunk Cyberpunk comes out in December. Um, but specifically, like, why not? Is that is that down to the game design? Is that like so? um and then you know that leads into so what if these games if the design of these games isn't really that exciting what do we want to see from game design like in five years time when these consoles are a bit more mature and uh developers have really got the hang of how to use them and how to get the most out of them and then they can worry more about the interactions and story and narrative rather than just how do we technically use these things like what what is it that where do we want game design to to go what kinds yeah. of changes and that's more. and that's an important distinction i think that uncoupling of uh design that's tethered to the current generation as in ps4 and xbox one and not having to serve because of economics not having to serve that already in massive in, installed base and then design games for a new console as well i think once we shift away from that and ps5 and xbox series x are just this generation consoles and have been for some time uh yeah that's when perhaps the the exciting stuff starts and and i think in that for me it's things like i am very interested to see how certain aspects even just something as seemingly boring as a solid state drive 
in both the machines what that does for game design and that doesn't just mean it doesn't just mean oh instead of taking 21 seconds to load this now takes seven it can also mean games being designed in such a way that take advantage of that ratchet and clank is a is one that i've kind of seen some of that because of how quickly the game data can be streamed from the hard drive because it's a solid state drive it enables certain this kind of in that very specific instance this kind of uh, falling through different dimensions jumping from one game world effectively to another uh just you know on just the flick of a switch that is an I think that's a small potential, uh, kind of a, a small view, a small hint of a, a potential future where the power of the consoles and the huge number of people that are buying these consoles then makes that a legitimate uh, factor to design into your game. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I suppose in a way, like when you were saying that um, about like instant load speeds and or close to instant load speeds and. And that kind of thing. Um, I suppose it's in some way it's closer to how a movie works in that like there's no loading between this mm. location to the next location. Yeah. Like it's just the next frame. It's all been yeah. pre-done for you. It's all been pre-loaded in a sense. It's all been pre-arranged and pre, um, you know, ready to just go at, at, at you know split seconds notice. And I suppose mm. in a way games can kind of look forward to that something closer to that in terms of yeah games designers don't have to worry about so much between taking you from here to here to here to here to here and having to insert like and now here's an elevator or here's a giant corridor yeah. or here's yeah, like yeah. we don't need now we have to, to design it. yeah yeah we have to design yeah. a narrow gap for lara croft to go through that takes exactly 22 seconds to walk through because that's how long the load time is so you they're yeah. uncoupled yeah. from the design yeah is uncoupled from that that specific yeah. technical limitation that is that has kind of not crippled games but you know has meant that certain design elements need to be included whether they're right for the game or not because of that yeah and that's because- and what i think is interesting about that is that that is so much of a known thing to so many people now that when there was the um i can't remember which tech demo it was but i think it was the uh, one back in the summer it was uh, one of the playstation tech demos i think and it showed an underground cavern and it showed the protagonist yeah the unreal 5 one was it yeah it was, okay so it was that one so it showed the protagonist pushing through one of those very familiar narrow gaps where you can't yeah. see what's beyond it and there was a lot of concern that that was hiding loading times and because it's it's so well known that as a design um tool is so well known that th- now that that's you know people are worried that that's what's that's, that that is what that is hiding so yeah taking that away i mean i think it's also worth saying that not every developer is going to choose to do that some developers are going to choose to continue making games exactly as they are made and just do more with it you know it's like when we had we got suddenly got much bigger hard drive spaces so the games we couldn't fit more games on our hard drives the games just got bigger the install sizes of the games just got bigger because there was more space to play with so some developers will choose to continue to just render these you know amazingly uh crystal clear pictures on the screen but that still require a 20 second load time and they're still going to continue to hide it in this way because that's they want to push in that direction rather than sort of a more streamlined direct direction yeah. so that's it's not like it's going to just go away and they won't that won't happen anymore because developers will just no. sort of use it and, and, and way, i think but. yeah and i think they're, they're pushing through the the gap thing i think that's just become that that i think that'll also stick around as well just as a just because it's become such a well-known 
um, element, I suppose. Like, and because you, you, you can use it for pacing reasons, you can use mm. it to build tension because you don't know what's you can't see properly what's mm. what's at the other side. Like, it instantly puts you into like a position of stealth, I suppose. If you mm-hmm. want, if your game's like that, so yeah. I mean, there are there are design reasons to keep it even even if um you know what started off as a as a technical trick in order to yeah. hide a low time can now has maybe can still be used as a a game design a positive game design tool to yeah yeah to create tension yeah. and pacing and all that yeah. stuff and that's that's what i'm most interested in the in the first crop of what might be considered sort of truly next gen games that's why i half jokingly said like astrobot i am interested to see what they've done with that because that is a game that is a game or an experience that is designed specifically to showcase how this thing works so you know i don't want something that's so tutorial led but something that very deliberately takes advantage of something like a solid state hard drive or something like the the new haptics haptic feedback that's available and doesn't do it as a gimmick, doesn't do it as a look at us use all the 17 different ways that you can you can feedback, you know, through the controller, but that uses it in a, just an intelligent way, just a, a, a way that's been built from the ground up to use it rather than just, oh, I guess, you know, on the Xbox we'll make it rumble like this and on the PlayStation we'll make it feel like this. Like something that's actually yeah. in a design, from a design point of view is being um, implemented. I think that's, I'm interested to see that and and how that, how that changes things and because it's those kinds of experiments that i feel ultimately lead to um things being adopted more wholesale and things being implemented Mm. in a meaningful Mm. way it just takes somebody to do it in quite a quirky way and be like oh this is cool and then it can get adopted in that way that you were just talking about like squeezing through the gaps it's like yeah existed for one purpose and then perhaps evolved into something else um all right. Well, I feel like this is something. This is a topic that I mean, we always want to keep to a half-hour show, but this is a topic I think we could talk for. I don't know, a whole day, a week, a week-long episode of yeah. uh, from, from now <laughs> until the launch of the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, we will just do a constant do, live stream of talking it, yeah, about what, to, what do we want yeah. from them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, um, well, I was going to say if there's nothing more to add. I mean, there is more to add, but you know. We need to keep some sort of structure here. So, but we'll be back, right? No doubt, we'll be back on this subject. Maybe, maybe before Christmas, once we've unboxed and once yeah, we've yeah, once we've gone, them, you know, we can yeah, yeah, we'll give it a month to to sort of settle in and mm. percolate and then see see how wrong our predictions are or, or our <laughs> desires are in even one month. Maybe PS Plus will be absolutely incredible. Like yeah. tomorrow, they will announce something, and it's like, well, how how ridiculous to <laughs> to doubt them. Um, all right. Otherwise, um, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Check us out on social media. We're on all platforms at Indie by Design, and yeah, we'll see you again next week. 